0: Hello, welcome to the Dive In Movie Cast, a film podcast where two unqualified critics give their opinions and try and differentiate themselves from every other podcast out there. My name is Chip. Oh, uh, I guess I'm Dale. <laughs> I guess I'm actually Hayden, and I'm not actually Chip. <laughs> and I'm Wesley. <laughs> welcome to the Dive In Movie Cast. It's been a couple weeks since we've done an episode. Um, it has been a hot minute. You know, life happens. We don't it's get a little busy.
1: It. I, I personally, right now, uh, I. The last week, I graduated uh, Yeah, I guess that's a big thing, yeah. Which is crazy. Um, I now have a Bachelor of Arts in theater alongside a Certificate of Dance and Movement.
0: Damn. Out here, man. That's Out here. so exciting.
1: With a degree, yeah, four years and thousands of dollars for a piece of paper. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> but, hey, I'm here. I'm on the other side of it now, so it's super exciting. Your but, yeah.
0: entire livelihood is printed onto that piece of paper right there. Pretty much. Damn. Uh, but yeah, no, it's just been a crazy times. Everything we just haven't really had the time to record and uh, keep mm-hmm. up on the schedule as, as much as usual. So we were like, let's just do a fun one. And what better to have a fun time with than two little two little squirrels, Chip and Dale? <laughs> two little chipmunks. Chipmunks, not squirrels. I don't know why. yeah same thing. You know. Uh, but yeah, we're gonna we're gonna be talking Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers, which is uh, mm-hmm. just released on Disney Plus a couple weeks ago, and is is a really fun time. And just off the bat, like. What have you been up to? I know you said you graduated, but what have you been watching? What graduated. have you been doing?
1: Uh I've been watching mostly I just the other day finished Stranger Things. Uh, yeah. I was a little behind on the trend. I, I didn't start it whenever, like the second it came out like everyone else did, but I watched it all. Super I loved it. Super fun, super oh, yeah. awesome.
0: We have to do that's the probably got to be the next part. That'll
1: be like our next episode of yeah. Stranger Things. Um I've been also watching Obi-Wan Kenobi which a new episode comes out tomorrow which is super exciting mm-hmm. um, what else have I been watching I watched um, did you ever hear of Final Space
0: yes yeah the animated show on Netflix yeah, yeah.
1: so I'm. Mean, it finished a long time ago it was a couple years ago it didn't like finish finish but they couldn't like they didn't get it renewed for like a fifth season I think or like a fourth season can't remember um, but I watched like half of it a long time ago, and I saw it on Netflix, and I was like, maybe I'll just finish that, and I did, and it was really good. Um, it it struggled a little bit, but once it got to the finale, it was it really had a clear course, and it was very cool. I'm sad that it uh, it's never gonna be finished because uh, cliffhanger left ending? off on a big cliffhanger. That's the worst. It kind of the thing is it kind of wrapped everything. Up, like you could end there, mm-hmm. but I would love to see more, you know. But right. it's just not gonna happen, uh, which is upsetting. But no, that was super fun, and I watched all of that. And yeah, I we also are me and my dad saw um the new Maverick movie too.
0: Yeah, pretty which, much this whole like what we've been watching segment is like what you can he expect next on the podcast, literally. Uh, Stranger Things, Obi Wan Kenobi, Top Gun Maverick, it's all coming soon. Top Gun um, Maverick, what a movie. Well, I mean, we got to do the, we, we'll run the yeah. whole episode on that, but holy cow. Fire. So good. Blown away. Um that's pretty much what I've been watching as well. I just mm-hmm. was in love with this new season of Stranger Things. I think it's like probably the best the show's been since season 1. Um mm-hmm. which is awesome. I mean, I love the vibes of season 3, but that's not a perfect season of television. And I think that season 4 is kind of the closest we've gotten to like the quality yeah. of the first season. And mm-hmm. it's 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 really impressive and really great stuff. so I can't wait to talk about that. But Obi-Wan Kenobi is just killing it so far so good so good got some issues with it you know the the scene where leia's running around being chased by uh those goons but you know uh anyways i I, i've been watching a lot of good stuff i also checked out bo burnham's inside outtakes oh yeah i saw a couple of those if you liked inside this is just more of it you know what i mean the same thing also applies to jackass Mm 4.5 which just released on netflix and is just more of jackass forever i love more of the stuff i like i can't i can't say no to it
1: I will say, the only difference between uh, Inside and the Inside outtakes
0: is a lot more screaming and angriness and <laughs> depression from Bo Burnham. You can tell why he cut the stuff he cut. Yeah. There's a couple musical numbers that I was like, damn, you should have kept this. There's I, one that makes fun of Drake's music that is really Five funny. years? Yeah. I wish they kept five years. I know. It should have been in there. It's really good. I love the fucking spider scenes. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's like a track uh, also on there just called Spider which yeah. is him just screaming. It's
1: It's like hiding in a corner or whatever. Just like a shot of a spider. No, I I, I thought that 5 year song was really funny cuz it's it's a Drake song. It's just a Drake song. Yeah. Um and I I love that <laughs> the line uh shit like this brings the movement down. Everyone's a feminist until
0: there's a spider around. I I it's laughed so hard. So true and it's so funny. Yeah. But a the second there's a spider, everything's off the table. It's just yeah. like, why don't you kill it? You're the man. It's like, whoa, hold on. Excuse me. Yeah. But yeah, there's just been so much good stuff. I think I've been so overwhelmed with the amount of great stuff that I've had to watch over this, this past few weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, I also saw Crimes of the Future, which is the new David Cronenberg movie. I, I, I want to talk about that, but maybe I'll write a review for the Instagram page or something. Yeah. Very weird. A lot of guts. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just a nasty movie, but it was fun.
1: Yeah. Body horror all around.
0: Yeah. Uh, but let's you know, let's get into something a little more family friendly, a little mm. more fun, and uh, and just talk Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers. Chip and Dale stars John Mulaney, Andy Sandberg, and it's directed by Akiva Schaefer of The Lonely Island. Mm. And so I guess like before we talk about Chip and Dale, let's talk about those guys right there. Okay. Yeah. Um. What do you What do you think of The Lonely Island? Are you a fan of The Lonely Island?
1: I was like when their stuff re- was really popping. Like I remember as a kid jamming out to "I'm on a boat." Like, oh yeah, that's a classic. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I still, I still do love those guys, and they do make they made a lot of funny stuff. Um, and to like when you've got the chemistry of The Lonely Island plus the chemistry of uh, Andy Samberg and John Mulaney, who were on SNL together for like so many years. Yes, yeah. Uh, as writers together and stuff like that, um, you can't go wrong with that. And to like I mean I also love John Mulaney's stuff like all the stand up and everything is hilarious
0: yeah I think Kid Gorgeous uh, is probably one of the funniest stand up specials I've ever watched it it makes me cackle it's really really funny yeah
1: Um, but yeah I mean like I I wasn't like a huge fan of Lonely Island
0: but I think all their stuff they make is hilarious and I loved it all so Mm -hmm. Akiva Schaefer directed uh, two of kind of like my favorite low key comedies within the last like I don't know if it's the last 10 years, but regardless, it's Hot Rod and Popstar Never Stop Popping. I saw Hot Rod, didn't see Popstar Never Stop Popping. Popstar is such an underrated comedy. It is so funny. Mm. Uh, It's pretty much a parody of those Justin Bieber documentaries that he filmed back in the early 2010s. And it's it's so good. Uh, And the Lonely Islands brand of humor is something that I've kind of loved since I was like 10 years old, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it's been fun to watch them grow and do random things throughout their career, but like that. Immature kind of sing-songy stuff that they started off with, and then the the directing stuff that they ended up doing has always just been so effective and so funny for me. Mm-hmm. So to get like a movie like this that's directed by Akiva Schaefer of Lonely Island and stars Andy Samberg, uh, I just think is is so cool and like really like weird. Mm-hmm. It's like Disney finally allowed themselves to be the butt of the joke for once. Yeah, you know, and it works so well. It does, yeah. Uh, but really quickly, just while we're still on Andy Samberg and John Mulaney. They're Chip and Dale, you Mm -hmm. know? Uh, What do you think of, like, the way that they kind of riff and counteract off each other's performances? Because they're kind of the typical opposites, you know? Uh, Yeah, I think
1: it fits so well because, like, even in their comedy, too, like, John Mulaney's comedy is, like, very well thought out and makes you think. And it's not as, like, childish and goofy um, compared to uh, Andy Samberg. Not saying that his comedy is stupid, but... Uh, oftentimes he does lean to the most stupider side of comedy, which isn't bad. I, I laugh at fart and poop jokes all the time. But, right. Um, I I think it's they fit the characters perfectly. Uh, the way they portray them with having uh, Chip. Uh, no, is it Dale? That's this, that's John Mulaney.
0: I believe Chip is John Mulaney. Chip
1: is John Mulaney. Dale is Andy Samberg. Look yes. that up. Um But. Yeah, just the way that they had it so that uh, John Mulaney's character was more of just like the serious, mature type and uh, Andy Samberg plays like the goofy one, that kind of thing. I think it fits so well.
0: It's, yeah, it fits so well because it's it's them, you know? Like you're getting John Mulaney through Chip and you're getting Andy Samberg through Dale and it's... Mm -hmm. It's not trying to be smarter than it is. It's like these are their comedy styles, and they're just gonna play these characters through their comedy.
1: Well, it makes sense too, because like in the in the show Rescue Rangers, that's how it was portrayed as well. Was that uh, Chip is the smart one and Dale is the dumb one, and so it just kind of fits, you know.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I'm curious. Like, do you think this movie is something that you'll get more out of if you know the Chip and Dale characters, or do you think it actually works better if you don't know them? I mean,
1: if you know them, you'll feel the the nostalgia. Like, seeing all the characters and everything, like Montgomery and Gadget and, uh, uh, I can't remember. Zipper? That was his name. Um, It's the most
0: cliche names
1: ever. Classic. Uh, if you, if you, like, know the characters, you'll feel a bit of the nostalgia. But at the same time, like, the movie, we were talking about this before we started, and the movie kind of, like tells you who they are right off the bat like that first 10 minutes of just the Andy Samberg monologue of explaining the show and what Chippendale was in the 90s and all this stuff kind of making it feel a little bit more real world is super fun having it be like oh this is an animation we got this job from some like big company or whatever is super fun and so I I think you don't really have to know who they are but I think if you are like above the age of i'm gonna say 20 right now mm-hmm. in the world you probably already know who chip and dale is
0: yeah that's i think like we're kind of right on the threshold too like the fact yeah. that we know Chippendale might kind of shock some people because that's like that's right before i think people would, would start saying who you know yeah what I mean? exactly
1: and i think it's we we mostly know chip and dale from like like you were saying, holiday specials or just seeing them as part of like the Mickey Mouse group or whatever.
0: Right, and yeah. Yeah, like off that air, kind of stuff. Off air, I brought up that just like the only interactions. I mean, I've watched Res- Rescue Rangers kind of here and there, mm-hmm. but my primary interactions of them is like they're kind of just there and they're speaking in high pitched chipmunk, chipmunk voices. Exactly. Uh, while other characters do other stuff, you know?
1: Yeah, I that same here. Like, I've watched a couple reruns when I was like really, really, really young. Um, and I don't really remember much about them, but I like I know them from other Disney-associated things and stuff like that.
0: Yeah. And I, I think, like, yeah, I totally agree with you. If you know those characters, you'll get more a little more nostalgia out of it. But I also think that this movie is very smart with how it's written. Because if, mm-hmm. if, if Chip and Dale, like the show, never existed, I think that this movie could exist exactly as it is. It kind of fills yeah. you in. And so even if it was a fake lore, like, even if they weren't real characters, mm-hmm. it fills you in on their story, you know? So I think, like, exactly. regardless of if you have any connection with it, this is a completely standalone thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't believe I'm sitting here, like, analyzing the connection to the Chippendale characters. Hey. I don't think many people have a very deep connection with those characters. And if you do... Uh, great. That's awesome, awesome for you. I just I don't I don't think I've ever talked to someone who's like, yeah, my favorite Disney character is Chip and Dale.
1: Like of all the Disney TV shows that I watched as a kid, the one I watched the most of was Ducktales. Like right. that I, was kind of the vein that I went down. Um, I didn't watch a lot of uh, Chip and Dale or like. I mean, when I was really young, or not really young actually, when I was a bit older, things like Mickey Mouse Club came out, or whatever, and right. like that's not really the same thing. Uh, but if we're talking about like the old classic uh, cartoon TV shows like that, mine was uh, DuckTales.
0: Yeah. Well, while we're on DuckTales, what did you think of that little uh, Scro- Scrooge McDuck, Scrooge McDuck yeah, running through the great. gold coins? I thought that was a really fun reference. That was really funny. Uh, I'm with you though. I was a big DuckTales fan. I watched a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Um, Chip and Dale is kind of like, you know, I saw it at my babysitter's sort of thing. It would be on the TV and I'd be like passively watching it, but like never really into it.
1: Oh, and I gotta say, I gotta say, before I forget about it, the Darkwing Duck cameo at the very end. Very funny. So good.
0: Uh, And I think it's like, I only know Darkwing Duck because I remember getting really stoned with all my friends and like just seeing it on the TV and being like, well, let's watch it. Yeah. Uh, so I, I've thrown on an episode of that before. I didn't ever have a connection to that character as a kid.
1: I, I watched a bit of it on top of, like, the DuckTales, but not very much. Right. Um, yeah. But Darkwing is is an iconic character, and I would love a Darkwing TV show next. Or a Darkwing movie, <laughs> They're so. going to
0: reboot it just like this. Reboot Darkwing, man. It's like making fun of all, like, the superhero stuff that's happened.
1: Reboot Darkwing and make a joke that he is the next Batman. That would actually be funny. That would be funny. I'd be like, on board. Imagine it's the whole story is Darkwing Duck is trying to be the
0: next Batman. Yeah, he's like he's watching He's that. like,
1: I'm dangerous, I'm cool, I could do this. Like Ben Affleck, he did
0: it. I, I do think that like this movie, uh Chippendale Rescue Rangers, kind of opens a door for Disney to be like, oh damn, people kind of are actually like receptive and reacting to us being a little more like tongue in cheek with our with mm-hmm. our IP. And I think it does open a door a little bit to like don't take yourself so seriously, guys. Yeah, it's totally fine to like take your stuff and like lovingly make fun of yourself. You don't mm-hmm. have to like shit on yourself to make fun of yourself. You know, no. you can you can kind of just like wink, wink, nudge, nudge. This is kind of funny, and we're just kind of making fun of ourselves. You know. Yeah. And I think that this movie, it's not ever mean to those to to the IP. I think it's just no. very playful with it. Um. So I was I'm curious, who do you think this movie is like for? We were just talking about this off Yeah. And I, I'm like it's this weird thing where a lot of the humor is adult centric and it's stand-up comedians or comedians that most people our age like right yeah so a lot of the connection we're feeling is knowing the actors uh knowing these the ip and knowing all this stuff in the animation that we're seeing and so i think like kids that are very young right now probably are drawn a lot of blanks with like what is this mm-hmm. but I- i'm curious like do you think that this is more of a kid's movie, more of like an adult's movie playing on nostalgia? Like, where, where do you fall?
1: I think, uh, I think who it's really for is it's for the young adults of this generation. Like, not as much us, the 22-year-olds who are – I mean, even though it is kind of still for us, like, it's got those adult jokes and we kind of know the characters and stuff. I think it's more of like the 30-year-old range parents who have kids who are like – I remember watching Rescue Rangers as a kid – let me show this to my kids so I can enjoy it, but they can also enjoy like the fun animation and all that kind of stuff because there's still lots of IPs and characters that kids will recognize today, um, such as things like Ugly Sonic or yeah. <laughs> uh, oh. Peter Pan or like big basic things like that or Blue. From mm-hmm. uh, the new Jungle Book, and then all the you know the Cars from the Cars movies, exactly. and a lot of like
0: Pixar and Disney references that are a little more modern
1: stuff like that. So I totally think they will understand that, but at the same time, I do feel like it's it's targeted a bit more towards the adults. Now that I think about it, like with the jokes that are happening, and um, like I feel like kids won't really understand the whole like bootlegging plot line that they've that's got going I mean, right? on. I yeah. feel like that's definitely more for adults too. Um, but at the same time, I think it's definitely simple enough that any kid could enjoy this.
0: Right. and Yeah, I, that's what I mean. It's, it's got all the flashy animation and the fun, cute chipmunks that you can engage into the plot line with. So mm-hmm. I don't think that, like, kids are sitting there wondering, like, what is all this IP I'm seeing on screen? You know what I mean? But yeah. I, I do think at times throughout it, I was like, these jokes are very mature. Like, oh, yeah. there's some, some really adult stuff. And I, I definitely think that it kind of does fall more into line with, like, it's a comedy that kids can still watch, but it's definitely a little more tailored to an older crowd. Yeah. Uh, I, in my opinion, there's nothing nothing worse than a kid's movie that is just a kid's movie mm. that the parents have to suffer through. You know, it's like the, the nails on a chalkboard type kid's movies was just like, yeah. I, I don't think there's anything worse than that. And this is the opposite of that. Mm-hmm. I think if you're making a kid's movie, throw some stuff in that the parents can enjoy.
1: And I mean, that's been done for like decades and like mm-hmm. a lot of... Some of the, I mean, a lot of the best animation movies, in my opinion, are the ones that have those adult jokes that are snuck in there that kids might, it just might go right over a kid's head, mm-hmm. but the parents will get it. Like, that's that's the
0: good stuff, in my opinion. Those jokes are great, too, because then you rewatch them as you grow up and you're like, oh, I get yeah. it. Like, uh-huh. with Shrek, I've watched those movies and I'm like, damn, these are nasty. There's some, like, really yeah. inappropriate jokes in the Shrek movies, mm-hmm. um, but I never caught on as a kid. Uh, okay, so I, I wanted to bring up the, the core mystery and the core plot line. because yeah. it kind of feels to me like Disney was like, all right, let's do like a modernized Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Mm-hmm. Right? There's a lot of parallels. I mean, you even see Roger Rabbit turning up on the dance floor. Roger Rabbit on. doing
1: the Roger Rabbit. He is. Uh, which is, for those of you who don't know, is actually just um, the running man, but backwards. Really? Yeah, it's doing the running man, but instead of like shuffling your feet backwards, you actually... Or, for, like, shuffling like you're moving forwards, you're actually shuffling like you're going backwards.
0: Damn, Roger Rabbit stole that dance move.
1: No, it's his.
0: Oh, yeah, you're right, actually. It comes actually. from him. It comes oh, from... okay. I, I
1: believe it was in the Who Framed Roger Rabbit movie is a dance that he did, and it kind of caught on as the Roger right. Rabbit. Right. Oh, so that's That's funny. why it's
0: called the Roger Rabbit. Damn. The more you know. The more you know. But I, I think it's so clever the way that they... And obviously, I mean, I don't think this movie's as good as Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Just mm-hmm. off the bat, I think that movie's great. Um... But I do think that like the way it plays around with with that and like with the conventions of what somebody might expect from like a, a mystery in a movie like this, mm-hmm. I think is really fun. Um, what did you think of like the the characters getting snatched up and getting bootlegged onto like low budget knockoff movies? I
1: think it's great. Um, for anyone who just needs a quick refresher, um, we just of like the generic kind of like the plot what's going on, we see Chip and Dale go through their career and then eventually split up after the three seasons that Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers had, um, and go off and kind of do their own thing, and then we come to the present day where they're split up and they aren't really doing acting anymore and all this kind of stuff, um, and their good friend, uh, Montgomery, uh, is in some trouble, which I, I found really funny because I love the fact that, Uh, it's almost like drugs, but it's cheese Cheese, for uh, him, which is a classic, like, uh, rescue ranger staple. So I, I love how they did it that way. I think that's a joke that kids won't understand, but adults
0: will, which I love. And they really push it until like, he's like an addict for the cheese. Like I was like,
1: that's, that's who his character is. He smells cheese and he's like, cheese, and then he starts like floating towards it. Um, but I love, yeah, how he looks like Disheveled, and he's like, the stinky cheese was too much for me. Yeah, <laughs> it was too stinky. Um, and so they got they got to help out their friend Montgomery because he gets taken uh, because he can't pay for his stinky cheese. Um, and I think it's hilarious. And I think
0: it's the, like the mob,
1: literally. And I think the idea of having bootlegging is the is the thing that's going on is so genius. It's so funny because we all know the bootleg movies that come out. Like after movies get made, we I think most uh, young adults will have at some point in their lives gone down a weird rabbit hole in YouTube where they find somebody watching like a horrible uh, like remake of somebody attempting to do what some big company did with a great ama- animation movie but just botching it. My favorite one is, I think it's called Food Wars, and JonTron does a hilarious video review on it. It's pretty much Toy Story, but if it was in a superstore... Um, and it's just very, very funny uh, how bad it is. And so I oh, think yeah. the idea of having these like bootlegs and that's what's happening to all these characters, so, so smart because all the adults know exactly right. what they're making fun of.
0: Shout out Sharknado. Shout out Ratatouille. Ratatouille. <laughs> Shout out The Amazing Bulk.
1: Oh, uh, yeah. I, I
0: could go on and on, but yeah, those types of movies are so funny. And the second I saw this joke, I was like, I, I found myself constantly shocked throughout this movie about like how obscure and how like yeah. wild they were going for with some of the jokes. I was like, wow, we're really like trafficking and bootlegging like animated mm-hmm. characters here. Uh, but yeah, I think that it's a very funny joke for people who have seen any of those like cheap knockoff.
1: Exactly, movies. and I, th- I think I think it works great for the plot, like ha- giving them a reason to have to be the rescue rangers again and have to try and save their friend um is genius like Mm -hmm. i think it's super smart and super fun too uh i one thing i want to mention is like i i think like how you're saying that there were so many moments where you were like wow this humor is kind of niche and like very uh specific and that kind of thing the during the opening when uh dale is like when you think of chip and dale the first thing you probably think of is Arthur Chippendale the guy who created these amazing cabinets and you're 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 thinking he's gonna say the Chippendale dancers he doesn't and then he says the Chippendale dancers right after and I was like yes because mm-hmm. he throws you off what you think gives you what you think and then it's like no rescue rangers yeah Um. so I thought it was super funny but yeah I think the plot is great I, I think it's just it's one of those things where it's like it's so simple and like everyone knows what you're talking about um, but yet it's so fun to put it into this idea of this is a real thing that's happening to these real
0: animated characters, you know? Yeah, And it's like – I was like, this is dark, especially to do it on Flounder from The Little Mermaid. The
1: fla- That was really dark. I was like, this is really dark. Like, this he is got, like- he, he's like, I've got a genuine thingamabob. And then the polar bear just like grabs him and <laughs> it's like, damn. It's just,
0: Flounder's a character – you know, I think there's a lot of characters that you could have done that scene on, but I just think Flounder's a character that a lot of kids have like an association with, right? Yeah. So to do that to that character, I was like, "Oh my god, this is like twisted." Mm-hmm. Um, but it's very funny, and it, it definitely is like a mystery where I was like immediately invested because it's just yeah. so obscu- like so absurd that I was like, "Oh my god, who is doing this?" Yeah. Uh, <laughs> should we get into who is doing it? Because it's it's really yeah. funny. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or do do we want to like talk a little bit more about? that core plot line before
1: well let's yeah let's just talk a bit more about like before we really get to the big villain reveal which most people know um let's just talk a bit more about the movie in general one thing i want to talk about is um I, I absolutely love and we gotta we gotta get into it ugly sonic he, oh yeah my guy is here uh right at the beginning of the movie i love how they have just it this is one of those moments where i'm like ah they get it they understand. Mm-hmm. If I compared this to... I think the best comparison is how they have put the Morbius movie back in theaters.
0: I It made not a lot of more, more billion dollars. <laughs> it, it, did, it didn't make a lot of more bucks. It
1: didn't. Um, and I think I think that's a perfect example of uh, movie companies being in on the joke but not fully understanding.
0: No, they don't get it. Because
1: they're like... Oh, everyone's talking about the Morbius movie, all these jokes about Morbius Sweep. If we put it back in the theaters, maybe people will go see it again. You just wasted so much money putting that movie back in the theaters because we've been joking about how shit it is and and how they haven't done anything to fix any of it. It's just like, this is a shit movie. Mm -hmm. Compared to the Sonic movies where we got this original version of Sonic, everyone was like, ew, they fixed it. Everyone was like, good job, forgot about ugly Sonic. And then they bring him back in this like he's a real person. Yeah. He's got like the voice of a fifty-year-old smoker because he's like half the time he's coughing his lungs up for no reason. Um, it's it's funny because. Like, they're in on the joke. They understand Ugly Sonic. No one cares about Ugly Sonic. They name him Ugly Sonic. No one was
0: calling him that, I don't think. No, I think it was just, like, the original Sonic design. Yeah,
1: but then they were, like, Ugly Sonic. Because, let's be honest, he's ugly. And having those shots where, like, Chip or Dale just kind of get lost in, like, how gross his teeth and mouth look. It's
0: like a ten-second shot of him just breathing. It's It's gross. But it's great. And it's funny.
1: And having him like making him into a real life character who's like, you're I'm gonna be on there. i've got I'm gonna be up on that stage. I've got a TV show with the FBI <laughs> like uh, so good and and how they make the joke too of like how uh he's like, oh, you want me to go fast?" and they're like, yeah. And he's like, well, that's what the other sonic like I don't <laughs> I just take it slow.
0: And I'm like, oh my God, I think you know, the idea that we saw Ugly Sonic and then we outcasted him and now he's doing like conventions and just like signing autographs. It's so funny to me.
1: I would go I would 100% get a signature from Ugly Sonic and a picture. I would be there.
0: Did you notice all the pictures he has that like you could have gotten signed?
1: His face photoshopped on like Batman or like some dumb shit like him doing like the Burt
0: Reynolds like laying on the oh it was so funny. It was so good. That's such a that's a joke that is, like, so weird to me that it exists in a modern-day, like, big-budget Disney movie. Mm-hmm. is, That's just so obscure. I mean, it's – it's okay, well, it's not because everybody gets it and everybody knows. Yeah. But it's just such a product of the day and age and the internet that we live in right now, like, to yeah. have Ugly Sonic come back as a character in a movie.
1: And I think, I, I think that's kind of what works really well for this movie is just the fact that uh, as far as, like, the plot goes and, like, the characters and all this stuff – they're doing a really good job at tying the nostalgia of the 90s in with the internet and, like, kind of jokes and things we make today. Right. The comedy and humor we make today compared to when you think about the comedy and humor that was in those shows, i.e., like that getting hit on the head and the birds flying around and that kind of thing, that was the humor of the 90s. But when you take that and you mix it in with the humor of now, it works really well. hmm Um, and giving all these characters, like making them feel real, giving them lives, like the fact that Chip has a house and he works for an insurance company and, uh, he's got a dog and like that kind of thing. Just making these characters we saw on TV as kids, real people, having real issues and problems is so great and so fun. Um, and one more I want to mention from that convention scene is I thought it was great that Lumiere is also just there. Oh, I love yeah. Lumiere. Lumiere is like one of my favorite characters in uh, the Beauty and the Beast movie. Lumiere and Cogsworth are so amazing. Um, so I love just having him there as well. Mm-hmm. I would have, I would have found it really funny if it was voiced by Ewan McGregor, but that would have been good because I love his Lumiere in the live action one. But
0: uh, like the last thing I want to mention about the Ugly Sonic thing too is that the fact that he comes back in the plot. Yeah. And he's, like, he shows up at the ending to, like, do something that is, like, core to the movie. Uh-huh. It's just, a, it's insane. Like, that's, mm. you, it was funny when you just had him there. But to have him show back up and, like, be the the ultimate hero at the end of the day is, like, it's so is just so good. Um, Well, while we're on that note, I think, before we kind of move on, like... I, I want to talk a little bit about some of the cameos. And mm-hmm. we can't get into them all because there is, like, hundreds. Yeah, if if hundreds. you want to go on YouTube and watch someone break down, like, the 350-plus cameos in this movie, all the power to you mm-hmm. um, because there is a lot. But I just wanted to like, ask you, like, if there was any ones that were particularly effective since we just talked about the U- Ugly Sonic one.
1: Um, particularly effective ones that really, really worked for me was... Um, I thought it was really funny to see, I think a lot of the ones that really worked for me were just ones that I saw in the background that were just mm-hmm. kind of there. Like, for example, um, in the bootleg facility, seeing the bootleg Simpsons, really funny. That was awesome. Um, <laughs> what was? Is, what, is,
0: what did Bart say? It was so good. It was like, uh, I don't even remember. I don't, he's supposed to say like, hi, karapa, he's like, I karapa And it was just like this weird version. It was like,
1: like it, I think it was like more like shy karapa or something yeah, like that. Yeah, it was that, so d- stupid thing. Yeah uh i thought that was funny i thought the fact that z- for the entire entirety of the original like Rescue Rangers, zipper says nothing and then he's there with like the most smooth voice i can't remember the name of that actor uh but i know him from lots of things he, he does a lot of like narrating and stuff because he's just got the voice for it mm-hmm. but i thought it was so funny to see that um, and I love that they got uh, all the voice actors back for Montgomery and Ratchet.
0: Oh, it's the original voice actors. That's
1: I believe so. I know cool. that I know that uh, Ratchet's is the original voice actress. I can't. I think she's the same girl who did the voice of. Oh, it's either the girl who does all the voices like of uh, Bart Simpson, whatever her name is, or it's the one uh, who does Wanda from uh fairly Odd parents i can't remember which one it is uh, okay gotcha. i want to say it's the one from the simpsons i can't remember her name i think it's tara strong yeah yeah maybe i can't remember uh or an, another one that really worked for me was even just seeing randy marsh sitting in the sauna at the, when they were went into the uh the spa place or whatever oh, from south park yeah he's just like yeah. sitting there uh, in the sauna Things like cars characters just being like you've got like a normal civic and then beside it it's a car with eyes and a mouth. Yeah. Stuff like that. Um but I, yeah, I just think I just think those there's so many little subtle ones in the background that are just like funny to see. Gucci Dobby, Gucci s- Dobby. messed
0: me up. That's really funny <laughs> to me. I don't it did a lot for me. The
1: Meryl Streep Mr. Doubtfire was terrifying yeah it's, that's nightmare juice right there
0: sleep paralysis demon um here's one that really got me i actually laughed out loud at this one it just this was tailor-made for me mm. uh batman versus et was pff, yes dude what a life that we get to live in that's that, so I, funny I, that we actually see that play out on screen for a second mm-hmm. uh that was just really funny to me also jacked garfield was pretty good
1: jacked garfield's funny uh
0: they're just there's so many like subtle like weird things that you'll see in the background if you watch for it in mm-hmm. this movie with the characters that you know um, another one that was really effective for me is when he, uh, I think it's Chip goes into the freezer and there's like Frozone yes uh, from like frozen the Incredibles meals, yeah, yeah Frozone meals from the Incredibles it's just you know I could go on and on like I yeah. said there's hundreds of them but it's uh, it's really effective and it's really funny
1: Another one that I found really funny and this is the last one I'll say was the He Man and Skeletor. Yeah. Uh, signing stuff and He Man's like, I think I felt something by my feet and Skeletor's like, That's because all of you you don't even wear pants and like just that kinda of stupid. I was like, Oh, that's great. Uh, but yeah. Th- I think
0: there's hundreds of cameos. I think the reason the cameos are so effective too, and this is a big thing for me, is it's all of animation. Yeah. It's uh you know, you got South Park, you got Rick and Morty uh, you have all of Seth Rogen's animated characters ever. You have My Little Pony. You know, it's like
1: oh yeah, that was a great scene too.
0: You have Big Mouth even mm-hmm. the, the Netflix show Big Mouth. It's it's all here. If 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 something's been animated, there's probably a subtle reference to it here. Yeah. Uh, and why that's so cool and why it makes the movie so much better is because it never allows it to feel like a commercial for Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. It's never like hey, we are Disney and we have all of this. Look at we own all of this. Come come check it out. It never feels like that because it's everything. And yeah. Uh, I listened to an interview with, uh, the, with the director and he said, thank God for Disney's lawyers because nobody's really. going to go after Disney and nobody's going to try and fight Disney over this stuff. Well, uh, the like, other
1: thing too is like a lot of those characters, they've been around for so long now that mm-hmm. they're public domain.
0: That's a, that's another thing you mentioned. It's A lot of it's fair use.
1: Yeah, a lot of it's fair use. So they, they can't really get sued or anything for uh, a lot of those characters. I mean... Some of the more iconic ones you might have a little trouble with. That's why I feel like we only saw bootleg Simpsons and not actual Simpsons.
0: Right. Well, Disney owns Simpsons, actually.
1: Oh yeah, right. They do own the Simpsons. But, I guess they own a lot of stuff. Oh
0: yeah, it's absurd. But like mm-hmm. the ones like Rick and Morty, I'd imagine yeah. they probably had to pay a penny for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, I just feel like that's a huge plus is that it doesn't ever feel like it's like begging you to come subscribe to their streaming service. Yeah. It's like, it's all there. You There's know?
1: only one moment that that happened and it was in the credits which isn't even a problem which moment was when it? the Chip and Dale theme song that is done by Post Malone which I guess I'll say right now fucking slaps it does he goes so hard on that I don't know why he, but he I absolutely love it and I will be listening to it he did not need to go that hard for the
0: Chip and Dale soundtrack
1: um but in the in a moment of the credits one of the names came up and it like it just looked like the Disney Plus screen uh, like When you go into Disney Plus, and I was like, "Oh, that's there's their little thing."
0: Yeah, they had to throw it in. They just had to check it in there, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I guess we could get into at this point. I think it takes us to our villain. Takes us to our villain. We just got to talk is another about, cameo. Yeah, you know they don't stop. No. Um, and it our villain ends up being he's this guy that we're we're referring to the whole movie as Sweet Pete.
1: And when I heard that, who was the first person you thought of? I uh, I actually don't know. See, when I heard that. First person I thought of was like, oh no, the villain of this isn't actually gonna be Pete, you know, like Big Pete from Mickey Mouse, Mickey Mouse's oh, enemy. Oh yes, okay, yeah. I was like, ah, oh, don't let it be him. He's always the villain. And then it wasn't. It was Peter Pan. Yeah, Peter
0: Pan. Uh, which I thought was great. Um, I don't know if I can ever look at Peter Pan the same. Uh, which sucks because my parents are huge <laughs> fans of Tinkerbell and Peter Pan, and I. I,
1: I, I I will be able to. I love Peter Pan. Um, <laughs> Me too. But yeah, so we we get Peter Pan. He's the one running the bootleg facility, uh, and I. It's it's all because he was told he would never grow up, and then he did. He and grew a
0: little uh cube <laughs> stash
1: dirt stash yeah. and got some acne. And then ended up making his own bootleg film, and then realized that he could make money off of making bootleg films for characters who people kind of forgot about.
0: What was it like? The boy who could fly. The boy, the flying the fl- boy, or right, something like that. The flying boy. Uh, my favorite bootleg title, by the way, when it's just going through all the titles, Spaghetti mm-hmm. Dogs is Spaghetti f- Dogs is so good. It's really good. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that having Peter Pan be the villain is uh, very unexpected. I don't, mm-hmm. you know, I th- that's another moment that ties back to like I'm shocked Disney was like, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, you know, like make Peter Pan this giant evil villain who's like stalking and trying to kill two chipmunks. It's like we're fine with it.
1: Is he? He's voiced by Will Arnett, isn't he? He is.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I knew. I knew. BoJack Horseman somewhere. himself.
1: Yeah. No, I. Th- I think it's a great. I think it's great, and I love how um, he still does the kookery koo or whatever Peter Pan says, <laughs> right. but it's like a middle-aged man, so it's like and then he coughs his lungs out and he like i know there's a scene where he's chasing chip and dale and he's like oh i definitely think i pulled something there you guys go i gotta take a second it's like,
0: <laughs> clearly aged a bit i think it's great i just think you know having him be upset because he grew up he's like i'm the boy who could never grow up and i, I grew up and now they all got rid of me mm-hmm. i think that is a, a very it's, like, simultaneously funny, but it also is, like, it works for the plot.
1: Yeah. No, it's per- it's a perfect plot line and idea because it's it's the definition of all those characters that you see at these convention centers trying to get these people's attention because they were a huge thing in the 90s, but then uh, they didn't grow up, but we grew up, and the shows kind of fell out, and now they aren't really in anything anymore. And so it's perfect to have a character whose whole idea in the original Peter Pan movie is that you'll never grow up. You'll never uh, go out of style, that kind of thing. And Mm -hmm. they do. Um, I think it's such a smart uh, play for like an actual villain because it makes so much
0: sense. Yeah. And like, it just—it's so weird seeing him like that. That oh, was yeah. what—that I just—I was like distraught. I was he like, he doesn't damn. even feel like Peter Pan. He does not feel like Peter Pan at all. No, which is I think why Disney was probably in on the joke. It's like, well, it's yeah. not Peter Pan. You they know, they haven't what I mean? used Peter Pan in anything for years. Like,
1: yeah, come
0: on, exactly. I just feel like it's such an oddly—it's an oddly specific character to to make like the big bad of your villain or of your movie here. Yeah. Uh, but I—I I think it works. It—it's weird, but it pays mm-hmm. off. Um. D- I feel like... Okay, one thing I wanted to address negatively about this movie, though, Mm. is I feel like it falls into a bit of a lull by the time you reach the third act, Mm. where it's like, I feel like we can wrap it up. I I won't say I was ever bored, because the movie's moving so fast, and there's so much going on at all times, but I will say, like, around the hour and 15, I was like, I don't know if I'm necessarily as interested as I was, like, 30 minutes ago, you Mm. know? Like, I started to waver in my interest on uh, the whole main mystery, and I think by the time, like, they were on that, um, like, the... I don't know why I'm... They're in the factory. And, like, oh, yeah,
1: like, in the CGI machine.
0: Right, the CGI machine. Right after
1: that happens.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I, I, I agree. I think that was where I was kind of... It kind of, like, lulled for a minute. Um, and then the finale kicked in, and it, it picked itself back up. Um, but I, w- I would agree, is that... That's one of my few gripes, is that after uh, Chip gets the Snoopy ear... Uh, yeah. It kind of like lulls for a bit there in mm-hmm. the middle, um, but at the same time, I when I first started the movie, I saw that the runtime was an hour and thirty eight, and I was like, that makes sense. Like, how much can you actually squeeze out of this? Mm-hmm. Um, Got to keep it in the hour and a half range. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree that that is kind of where it lulls, and I think for me, the reason why it lulls there is because it does this like kind of cop story, not cop storyline, but it's very. Tied into the cops and like um, they're kind of doing their own thing. They got the, got their own storyline going on, and I think, in my personal opinion, Ellie, like the female cop, she just wasn't doing it for me. I feel like a lot of her performance. Now I will say, she was acting alongside all anime characters. She, mm-hmm. I don't think she interacted with one human.
0: Yeah, they were probably just holding up two cardboard signs that look like chipmunks for her to act to.
1: Literally, and so that is a little tricky. I understand, but at the same time, her. I think her entire performance just kind of feels phoned
0: in. Yeah, that's fair. Uh,
1: and for someone who should, who states as her character, that she is a huge fan of chip and Dale, uh, and it it becomes a prevalent thing that she actually is a huge fan of chip and Dale. Um, I, I feel like she should have just been more excited or more into it, or maybe making more like if she had made some like rescue Rangers jokes that, um, tied back to everything. They kind of tied back to the classic rescue Rangers and, and chip and dale were just kind of like ah nah 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 we don't do that anymore like that would have been funny um but she just didn't she just kind of phoned it in and so yeah yeah.
0: no i totally agree and i think the fact that i barely remember that character says a lot about that character right like it's when i'm when i'm recalling this movie and i only watched it like two weeks ago that's like pretty removed from my memory of it already exactly
1: because like you've got our whole storyline with her and Captain Putty, when Captain Putty reveals that he's a villain. Yeah, J.K. Simmons as, like, some so Gumby, good. Gumby knockoff. Gumby, uh, essentially, version of him. I thought it was so funny when he took the fingerprint just by sticking his hand on it and then scraping that part of his hand off. Yeah. That was hilarious. Um, I, Yeah, I just... I think that, honestly, Captain Gumby was... Or Captain Putty was way more interesting to me than she even was. And so... I, I thought she, her character was a little weak, and that's kind of where it lulled was when it was like in this whole moment of like we can't trust him she's she's the bad one and it's like if she is that sucks because she her character sucked for a lot of this yeah. but
0: yeah it's like thank God they didn't go like she's the big bad of the movie yeah uh no I, I totally agree with you and I just think that that lull you know um you could have cut like 10 minutes out of the movie and I just think the pacing might have picked up a little bit yeah. But it's it's moving so fast for that first hour that I was never bored. I think it's just because it does have to slow down in that little bit there mm-hmm. that that it doesn't work. Uh, I do think that like you know it, it's not like a big thing that it does wrong and it doesn't like significantly like pull me out of the movie or anything. I was just kind of like, all right, mm-hmm. I feel like we can we can speed it up a little bit. We haven't seen uh, Sweet Pete in a little bit, <laughs> and then yeah. he, I also you know by the time he's chasing them around and he's this big monster mutation, I was like, this is like fun, but also I'm kind of I'm kind of done with this now, you know. Yeah. Um, but that's just minor mm-hmm. gripes for the movie. I just think it's crazy that this movie is as smart as it is. Yeah. And that it exists and like, that it's as funny as it is. Because I think it's not... It wouldn't have been hard for Disney to have hired a different director, a different writer, and made a really boring, bad, Disney Plus original Chip and Dale movie. You yeah, know? exactly. The fact that it's this self-aware and kind of funny is, is really surprising.
1: I think it's amazing the fact that I, and I don't know if they thought about this, but, like, how they're talking about making reboots throughout the entirety of the movie, being so self-referential, like, this being a reboot kind of, um, I think that it perfectly jokes the fact that this is a great reboot compared to what might have happened. Right. You know? Like, it's making jokes about uh, these horrible reboots that happen and all this stuff. Yes. And they
0: make the joke it, about the rapping. Cartoon exactly characters. Exactly. The rapping
1: cartoon characters. I feel like that is something we probably would have gotten if we got like a Chip and Dale movie where they were like, Make it like the original Rescue Rangers. And, and we like, do get
0: it here, but it's making fun of it. Exactly. Uh,
1: and, and they start rapping and it's like, Wow, all I can rhyme things with is whale. And like and it's just super says funny. Over and, over. and also to have uh uh I love Flula, uh the actor who voices the snake. He's the same guy who played um the spear dude in uh uh Javelin and Suicide Squad. Yes, yeah. exactly. Um I love him and I love how funny his little snake character is, even though it only pops up for like a minute. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, no, I think it's I think it's perfectly kind of it does a good job at balancing, making fun of itself, but also being in on the joke, you know?
0: Right. Like it's it's just rare for Disney to feel like they're in on the joke.
1: Exactly, that was one of my favorite things about this movie is that Disney never puts themselves at the butt of the joke, but in this case, it felt like they were laughing with us. Mm -hmm. Like they're like, "Ha ha, we get it, we understand." Yeah. Um, With like even little simple things, like I think. We had mentioned earlier about this Scrooge McDuck like being in the pool of money. I think that's hilarious to do in a spa. Of course, Scrooge McDuck would have the money to be like, I want my own private room that is filled with a hot tub with gold coins. Just for me. Yeah. Just for me. That makes so much sense. And right. So I think it's really funny in that regard. Mm-hmm. Um,. One thing I did want to mention too that I we kind of briefly skipped over was a part. A part of Pete's crew is this Seth Rogen. Oh yeah! Looking, oh my god! Um, dwarf man. I think this is a great like. I, I love how they're talking about like they're in the Valley, the, the Uncanny, the uncanny valley. valley. Yeah. So good, um, because I I totally think there was a period of time where that that kind of animation happened where it was these. If he feels like a Skyrim character in the sense where Skyrim characters will talk to you and it looks like they're looking at you, but they aren't
0: really looking at you. Just kind of like over your shoulder.
1: Yeah, they they just kind of like, their heads don't move up and down. It's just like straight on, that kind of thing.
0: I, I took it very uh, much as like a Polar Express
1: reference too. I uh, definitely, because they mentioned that with the bear or with, yeah. with the bear and with him. Mm-hmm. Um, But I, I think Polar Express is a little bit, more of, like, you get a little bit more of, like, facial movement and eye tracking and stuff like that. I feel like he was more of the joke of, like, uh, things like how they had Kevin Spacey in those, uh, the Call of Duty games or whatever it was. Oh, yeah. Where it's, like, this also, is a fuck char- Kevin Spacey. Fuck Kevin yeah. Spacey, but yeah. is for first example that came to my head where they have these characters who look like... Or uh, another one is um 2077 or whatever. Right, oh, yeah. Uh, Where they have Keanu Reeves. Like, where they take these actors faces and they put them on characters but it just doesn't look right mm-hmm. i think that was so funny and so well done um and to have it as seth rogan too seth Rogen's iconic so you Can never
0: say no to seth rogan also you get that scene where it's all of seth rogan's animated characters ever just yeah. like looking over uh, someone who's unconscious hilarious very funny i don't know i'm just like i've watched seth Rogen in all his live action stuff growing up and i've also seen him I think unknowingly when I was a kid watching these animated movies I was just like oh it's Seth Rogen
1: all we needed was the fucking hot dog from whatever that movie is that's horrible oh, Sausage Party yeah Sausage Party that's all we needed yeah um, how dare they and then one other thing I want to mention too is I thought the fact the, the fucking ch- dude who sells cheese is a Muppet yeah. so fucking good the moment where Keegan-Michael he like, Key
0: plays him as well yes
1: where he's like uh, no no it's not Keegan-Michael Key it's a uh, isn't it is it not andre um eric andre
0: it might be actually but i remember seeing keegan michael q isn't it but
1: i th- i'm pretty sure that one's eric andre um but uh he just the way he goes from like this super happy muppet to the, the eyebrows furrow and he's like you're looking for some stinky cheese it's like so funny oh, i love it
0: yeah he instantly it's just like switches up goes all like Criminal underworld on them. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's Keegan Michael Key. But, oh, it is. Um, the it sounded fact like that, Eric Andre. To the me. fact that he had you thinking it was Eric Andre proves that he's doing some stuff with his voice there. Yeah. Um, I guess like for me, one of my my final points is like, a lot of these referential movies are getting very annoying. Mm-hmm. You know, to, like I, uh, I think Free Guys is a fun movie, and we talked about it last year. Um, and I think the worst part of Free Guys when Ryan Reynolds pulls out the Captain America shield and then the Hulk hand and then the lightsaber, and it's so like hey do you know this thing mm-hmm. and I feel like Chippendale is doing that sometimes but I also think it's far more subtle
1: here's here's, I, I fully agree with that and I think the best example of that is the Captain America shield because we saw the Captain America shield come out it happened the moment happens and we're like oh and then Chris Evans shows up and he's like what the fuck mm-hmm. and it's funny because we were in on the joke at that point um if you just had the Captain America Shield and that was it, it wouldn't be as funny. Mm-hmm. You know it, it's only when Chris Evans shows up that it gets funny. And so I think what this movie does with a lot of its jokes that are great is that it it um like plays on those things where it's like we know you know this, so let's make fun of it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like Muppet fights like a Muppet fighting ring. the idea of that you don't have to show that. You yeah. just say it, and I immediately see like, just the Muppets bobbing up and down with their fucking weird lanky arms yeah. and just, like, trying to punch at each other. Like, I understand it. I'm in on the joke. I get it. Um, and it, you don't have to show it to me. Like, those instances where you see, like, Hulk hands and stuff like that, that is them showing it to you and putting it in your face and being like, haha, funny, right? Right. But in these scenarios, and a lot of the jokes in Chip and Dale, you just kind of get them said and referenced and – the audience gets to imagine what it looks like and what it's like in this universe and like laugh at it themselves. Exactly. It, it doesn't get shoved in their face because they know. They already understand. The audience is... I, I say this about uh, any show I do or any acting thing I do. The audience is so much smarter than you realize. Like they put two and two together way faster than you think. Yeah. So. Too many
0: writers and studio executives treat the audience like they're, they're dumb.
1: Like they're babies. You can get a speed food... Speed... Uh, uh, spoon feed blah 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 spoon feed like I can't even say words like a little baby uh, all the info to you so it it just this movie kind of gets it they understand right. you and know.
0: It, and in this movie like like in Free Guy that movie's not very referential in fact it's not at all the big reference for the first hour and ten minutes is like GTA video games but just yeah. like general it's just like you ever played a game where you've shot somebody in a big city this is what that is yeah. uh, and then in the last like 20 minutes it decides to be this big reference fest but mm-hmm. here in chip and dale it's very established that it is this reference fest off the bat but it does it in ways where it's world building exactly and, and you feel like and it's not like like some crazy complex world building but by just throwing these funny things that we see in the background our brain like feels like we can tap into this fictionalized animated version of hollywood a little quicker
1: it it's exactly why i love the fact that these characters these animated characters feel like real people yeah. Because they are giving them problems. They're giving them situations in the world. They're giving their characters actual, like, real-life things. And these referential jokes are, like, world-building, like you were saying. So mm-hmm. I think it works well in this movie. And you've, and uh, some people might make the same argument about, uh, like, Ready Player One, how many references are in that. But when I see movies like that, that is more of, like, um, it's the difference between if you just had, like, like the moment in Ready Player One where he's like, it's fucking Chucky, and Chucky's like stabbing a bunch of people, you know?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Most people, uh, if you saw that in a movie, it, people would be like, ah, oh, that's eh. Yeah. But in that case, it's more of like uh, the characters in this uh, characters in this movie are the ones, are like us, who have grown up with these things, and they're like, oh, it, fuck, it's Chucky. Like, oh my god, I know mm-hmm. exactly what that is. And so it's more of them playing off it and not them being like it's Chucky to the audience hey did you know this is Chucky right it's like no we understand that Chucky's fucking terrifying everyone's terrified of Chucky
0: yeah so it's just like having some of the best cameos and moments be so blink and you miss it like really like background for two seconds and it's like hilarious if you see it Mm -hmm. that that is exactly what I need from these kind of like referential stuff not like dominating the entire screen and getting everyone to be like I know that you know I hate that those moments Mm -hmm. um and, you know, it. I don't entirely hate it. I loved it when I saw Spider-Man No Way Home. Um, yeah, but that's earned, and that's effective. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. like, when you have stuff where it's just begging you to, like, shout at the screen because you, like, recognize something, I don't like that. And it, I feel like Chip and Dale is smarter than that. It's, like, it's not begging you to just scream, I know that. It's, it's actually providing you with, like, a, a real laugh and, like, a real thing to mm-hmm. engage with. Yeah, exactly. You know? What were you going to say, sorry?
1: I was just going to say, uh, it, it's like... Um, it's like if they, in the Spider-Man movies, like, Andrew Garfield walks through the portal and Ned goes, are you a Spider-Man? Right. Like, if they said that, that it would be like, it. fuck off. Yeah.
0: But. Um, yeah, but I mean, for me, that's kind of mm-hmm. the the big things. I don't Final... think this is like a perfect movie. I think there's some cringy jokes. Yeah. I think it, it does, you know, I'm not about to sit here and act like it's like way more superior than all these other referential movies because it is still a very referential thing. Like, a lot of the the big moments come from the fact that you know these, you know, this stuff. Um, and that's not necessarily a negative, but I I don't think this movie is like perfect, but it's so much better than it could have been. And it's surprisingly funny. And it's, it's just a really good time. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a shock, you know?
1: Yeah, my kind of final thoughts on it are... When I originally heard this movie's coming out, I was like, oh, okay, that'll be fun for, like, kids. I thought the trailer I, was
0: bad. When I first watched the trailer, I was like, I don't even know if I'm interested in this at all. Yeah, exactly. I saw the trailer, and I was like, "Ah, oh, this is definitely for kids. Mm-hmm. And then I
1: watched it, and I was like, wow, that was really funny, really entertaining, not super long. Like, it was. I thought it was great. Um, so my final thoughts on it were I... I love uh, 90s nostalgia. I wish I was born in the 90s. I wish I got to grow up in that time a little more.
0: Yes, we're close enough. 2000. It's like it's right on the cusp.
1: No, we aren't. Um, that's we- like being born in 1999 on December 31st and being like – I'm a 90s I'm kid. I'm a 90s kid. Yeah, that's true. No, it doesn't count. Um, I, I wish I got to experience it more because as a child, and even now, I'm still interested in those older things. I love 80s music. Uh, I, I have a Super Nintendo, like that kind of stuff. I love those retro things. And so seeing these things come to life on the big screen in a way that I never thought they would. And making jokes about like getting that CGI surgery. Yeah. Like that, that kind of funny. thing. Very funny. The animated fur debate. Exactly. Uh, no, I, I love that stuff. And one other thing I want to mention too, this is so technical and so fucking film boy bullshit oh, um, no. jargon. I just want to say kudos to the animators for making Dale be CGI and and his animation very smooth and everyone else who is that classic 2D animation it's a, it's like they're they cut out a frame or something where it's right. a little bit more jittery and it feels like that classic cartoon very good well done job uh very good thing no one else noticed it except for me cuz I'm like oh continuity errors and yeah. things like that <laughs> but uh, the, the fact
0: that they make that those two animation styles work that well next to each other. Yeah, it looks really good. On the same good. frame. It looks, think, it looks good.
1: I think the one situation where it doesn't work is there's a shot where you see Peter Pan in the spa with a robe on, and it looks so god-awful. It looks really weird. And it looks so out of place. And there are a couple work. moments that look weird, but... Um, but
0: it's fine. Yeah. Uh, it's a tiny little thing. So
1: in my overall rating of Chip and Dale.
0: Out of out of five uh bootleg VHSs, what are you what are you rating it? Out of
1: five spaghetti dogs, I give it like a three and a half, maybe a four.
0: I was gonna go with three and a half as well. Um I comfortably enjoyed myself a lot. You I know? think
1: I, I you know what I think I'll probably I'll probably stick with the four. Uh just because I, I really did enjoy myself. I, I had a lot of fun and I didn't think I would. It was surprisingly uh, well-written and very funny jokes and I honestly love seeing Disney finally
0: not take themselves so seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, and just loosen up. Yeah. You you own every IP ever. It's okay to just poke fun at some of that and exactly. just like make, make fun of it. Because, because you're making fun of the IP doesn't mean you're, you know, I said this earlier, it doesn't mean you're being negative towards it. Mm. I think it means... You're willing to have some fun with the fact that you own everything.
1: Like, even the simple joke of, you're not Donald Duck, put some pants on. Like, yeah. that stuff, that's funny. Mm-hmm. That, like, I love to hear those kind of things. So, I'm, I'm going to go with the four. Nice. Well, you, you gave it a three and a half. Three and a half for me, three yeah. Three half.
0: Ch-ch-chip in
1: Dale. But yeah, I think that's about it. <laughs> I think that's about everything. <laughs> Uh, we have to say about this movie. So thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, if you want to check out our other episodes, uh, we're on Spotify, Apple, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Uh, and we'll be coming out with more stuff. I know we're on a bit of a hiatus, but we're back now, uh, making more stuff.
0: So you pump you'll... out all the good stuff. There's so much good stuff coming so out this summer. It's about to be good great stuff coming
1: out. Um, so yeah, you can check us out on Instagram uh, at our individual Instagrams. I'm at Wesley Giffen. I am at Hayden Kutris, and it is the same name on our letterbox. And you can also find us uh, at the Dive in Movie Cast <laughs> on Instagram. I goofed around our outro. Whoa. Um, and <laughs> look, I know, uh, it, wouldn't it be great, you know, like in all these all these classic movies, you see these rebooted characters, and you're like, ah, oh, man, I'd love to hear just like that the classic uh, theme song at the end. Not those stupid generic pop songs where they turn the theme song into this this crazy song sung by some pop artist you know
0: right just the worst yeah <laughs>